Welcome to Yeah The Gals podcast, where I, Loz McGlynn, chat with epic everyday women who have paved their way to success in their space. We hope you feel inspired, motivated, and ready to listen to some honest and open conversations. Because gals, you bloody got these. Here we are already at the last episode for season one of Yeah, the Gals. Totally learnt that potties need seasons, so love that for me. I actually just wanted to start by saying a massive thank you to all of you that have listened to these epically amazing women and who have jumped on the YTG bandwagon. For the people who have shared, who have followed, subscribed, liked or commented or reached out to me personally, I seriously cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And I know that all the gals that I've interviewed really appreciate it too. So thank you so much. This has actually been a really big learning curve for me. Like it's been so awesome to learn all the parts it takes to put a podcast together. Yeah, it's definitely not as easy as you think or as I thought and still learning a lot, but thank you to everyone who is bearing with me. I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break to regroup and to get ready for season two. Lol to having seasons, but I'm into it. I am going to hit up social media actually for a few Q&As of what you'd like to hear more of. So if you aren't already, please follow us at Yeah The Gals Podcast on Instagram. And yeah, I'll chuck a few things up there and see what the people want. So this last episode is going to be dropped in two parts because it was a huge chat. And the reason for that, it's actually a really personal one for me and one of my best friends, T, Tamara Scott, but more fondly known as T Sex Me. And the reason we had a chat was because we wanted to talk about something that we're both experiencing and something that is really personal to the both of us, and that is infertility. It's something that we know affects so many women for different reasons and that everyone's story is completely different, but ultimately it is bloody hard. T and I are at different stages of our infertility journey And one thing that we really recognised is that the way we feel, the way that we've gotten here and the way that we have processed it as individuals, it's been a little bit different to one another. And so we thought, why not sit down, have a little therapy behind a microphone because we know that we aren't the only ones. In part one, we'll be chatting through my own experience and part two will be the beautiful tea. I do just want to say that we 100% know and appreciate that everyone's story is super different, but we just wanted to share what it's been like for us and to maybe make others feel a little bit less alone. Good morning, T. Schlingerdang. Hello. (laughs) I thought we should call you T. Schlingerdang. (laughs) It's a long-standing nickname from you, I'd say, to other people. Tamara, are you Tamara Scott now? Or are you still going by your maiden name? There are a few things that are Scott, but I haven't actually officially moved anything over. <laughs> at school, I'm still sexy and I'll yeah. stay sexy at school. What a um, stellar last name. 
for a primary school. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. I don't know how I've managed to segue into so many different nicknames, but I was talking to someone at work about this. I fully don't shorten people's names. I like extend them. Yeah. So I'm like T sexty, T sex me, T schlangadangy. I don't know where schlangadang came from, but we just keep calling it. It's like Glenn. Um, when you guys started dating Glenn, I think I just started calling him Glenn Coco Puff. You did, yes. I, think I still do. Yeah. yeah. I was calling him Glennifer, so that kind of stuck. Glennifer. What? Oh, no, but that came from Glenn Coco Puff. What? The Glennifer? No, actually, no, sorry. No, it was it was Glenn Coco from Mean Girls. Yeah. And then it went into Glenn Coco Puff. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, you do extend them. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I just added another one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a guy at work named Greg, and people call him Gerg, but now I've started, started calling him Gergy Dergy. <laughs> I don't know why. And oh, that's my case. No. Okay, total segue into what we're actually here for. Totally. That's all right. That's we're in for a ride. Let's just see where this conversation takes yeah, us. Yeah, roller coasters. Roller coaster. got the tissues just in case. Um, so the reason, first of all, Tamara is one of my closest gal, cat, gal. Let's try that again. <laughs> one of my closest gal pals. Yes. We've been... Very good friends for 15 years. 12, yeah, yeah, 15 years. Yeah, hectic. So it's weird to sit here and have this chat. I know. (laughs) But we both have something super similar Mm. and very different. Yes. That has happened for us in our 30s. Mm -hmm. And we have both experienced and are experiencing our own versions of infertility. Yep. I didn't think I'd get bloody emotional so early on. <laughs> it is emotional though. Yeah, it is. It's, it's hard. super emotional. It's yeah. funny. I've never really fully sat down and talked about it like this. Mm-hmm. And like I've been through it and I'm yeah. going through it again. Yeah. And I'm like watching you go through it. Yeah. And we obviously talk all the time. Yeah. But to actually like verbalise it Pack like it this. Out. Mm. You know. Yeah. I don't think we ever have. No, I actually don't think we have. I don't think we ever have when, even when you were going through it. Yeah. Like the first time. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. But yeah, we're pretty much both in the same position of needing help. Yeah. Yeah. The way that we've got here is both different. I think something that stood out for me when, because things have been like a little bit more recent for you, mm. but your feelings towards yep. having to go down this yes. path are different. Are different to how I felt at the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because it sounds like such a cliche, but everyone's journey is actually so different, Mm -hmm. even though you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the really cool thing is that there's so many people that are talking about it. Yeah. And just to normalize it a bit more. Definitely. Because people just don't understand. Unless you're going through it, you do not understand. Yeah. And that's hard for people people that aren't because it is such an emotional process yeah. that even for me, like when you were going through it, I wasn't going through it that time. Yeah. So I physically couldn't understand yeah. how you were feeling. Yeah. Then also I feel differently about it on different days. You do, yeah. So it's yeah. really hard for people to know. And I think that's one thing that we like should talk about as well is yeah. that people don't know the right things to say or yeah. how to support. And yeah. And, so it's quite, yeah, it's quite interesting. But yeah, I might start with my first experience. Go for it. And we'll just chat about it and then we'll maybe talk about some similarities that we've had yeah. and then go and then I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Yeah, hectic. Go for it, gal. Josh and I 
got married five years ago, nearly five years ago. What a wedding. What a wedding. <laughs> what a bloody tornado that was. Quite literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like in the lead up, obviously we spoke about kids. Like it was always, yeah. it's interesting, like we've been together for over eight years and like we, I think we've just grown together as people and as a couple and then naturally we wanted kids. It's not something that we really? spoke about early on. It was just like, yeah, definitely, like we will. Yeah. And I remember talking about it in the lead up to the wedding going, okay, like when do we want to start? Yeah. And at first it was just like, I don't know. I almost just felt like it was a natural progression. As soon as we got married, we would start yeah. trying to have kids. Yeah. And at first it was like, let's just give it a few months and then see what happens. And when we got married, like even on our honeymoon, I'm thinking, okay, do I stop taking the pill now? And then I thought, oh, but I don't want to fall pregnant straight away. Yeah. But then I want to see what happens. It's a catch-22. And because you have never fallen pregnant before, it's the question of, am I going to? Yeah. How long do I wait? So on the honeymoon, I think I was like half taking the pill and I stopped and I thought at that time, we even spoke about it like, oh, but next year we've got heaps of weddings. Yes. So we've got a wedding here and here. Yeah. So I should maybe let's fall pregnant in January. Yeah. You so then plan it. I planned it. <laughs> and then I was like, let's try without trying. Yeah. So we got married in the October. Yeah. It got to January and I like we spoke about it again and I'm like, let's actually start. Yeah. Let's really yeah. start. But if I'm completely honest... I actually didn't know heaps about ovulation, which sounds crazy Yeah, because I just thought you'd fall pregnant at any time. I think that's a good thing, to be honest. Like in (laughs) high school, though, and like you can talk about this being a teacher. Yeah. I just think they spent so much time telling us to have safe sex. Do not have sex. Don't have sex. You'll fall pregnant like that. Yeah. Quote from Mean Girls, have sex, you'll fall pregnant and die or you'll get an STI. (laughs) Yeah. And even in high school, yeah. I remember my first boyfriend, like there were times where I took the morning after pill out yeah. of complete fear that, that I was going to pregnant. Yep. That's what it is. It is instills fear in you. And I think it's more, we teach more about a period. Yeah. Quite literally just the period. Yeah. Not enough of the whole cycle. Yeah. The whole cycle is definitely in the curriculum. And as a high school teacher, we definitely taught it, but it isn't explicitly taught, I don't mm. think. And it needs to be. Mm. I'm a huge, now obviously going through my own struggles and being a woman myself, we definitely didn't learn enough in regards to our body. Yeah. What it needs every month, what it's doing every month. It's a whole cycle, a 28 day, 28 to 38 day cycle. Because I was thinking too, was it that I just wasn't paying enough attention? And is this the case? I don't know. Yeah. That just wasn't even, I was trying so hard not to. It's there. But there's not enough. Yeah. There is definitely not enough. And they're obviously going to speak more about having safe sex. That's a priority at that point in time. I don't think it needs to be, like, yes, you need to learn about your periods early on during puberty because that's when it's going to come, right? But you need to learn more about the actual cycle later on because that's when you're moving into becoming sexually active. Yeah. It is such a double-edged sword because, like, having a daughter now. Yeah. I know when she becomes a teenager, I'm going to be like, yeah. don't even think about it. <laughs> I'm like, Tribe, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it's like really tough. But yeah, at that point, I was learning about my body yeah. and I thought that I was sweet. I was like, yeah, I get my period. It was regular. Yeah. That's when I started downloading the app. Yeah. And then I started like unconsciously, we were scheduling when we were having yeah. sex and that went on for so long that 
I didn't even realise that it was happening. We got to about six months and I said, I just want to go get some tests. Done. Yeah. How did that affect your relationship scheduling, you know, that, night, know. that time together? I, I actually don't think it really did. Yeah, okay. I think we both just really wanted it. Yeah. Josh is... And you like, do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I look back now and I think, yeah, I probably was really wanting to have a baby and mm. every month. Yeah. That, it consumes you though. It does. Without think, even realising. Yeah. It consumes you. It affects every moment of every day. It actually does. Then you go, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. You, you tell are. yourself to not think about it. Yeah. But you do. Yeah. And yeah. I should have bought shares in pregnancy tests. <laughs> They're expensive. Yeah. I think Mighty if you're expensive. trying to have a baby, I think they need to be subsidised or something because yeah. it is. You buy 10 back and it's $50, $60. And I do tests like five days before a period, just yeah. hoping to get that two lines. Yeah. In myself, I fully knew that I wasn't pregnant. Yeah. I But I just would try to convince myself, please just let there be a line. Yeah. Then you start buying the ovulation test yeah. and you're doing that. I think too, you get the pressure once you get married where people start going, oh, so when are you going to try for kids? <laughs> you trying straight away? Like we were in that time where I was 26. We were still going out a lot. Yeah. And so you wouldn't have a drink. Yeah. People would go, uh, are you pregnant? Yeah. And so I was finding myself drinking just so people wouldn't ask me that question. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. get a drink in my hand so people don't ask. Yeah. Did you feel pressure. the same? Oh, it's horrible. It is an immense pressure from society. Yeah. Once you get married to then have that societal progression to have a baby. Yeah. And for some people, it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. And I remember I was at a party and I had a few people, oh, are you guys trying? Like, how's it going? Come on, you should be trying harder, doing yeah. all these things. And it just it hit me so hard. I yeah. just couldn't, I just didn't know what to say because yeah. I was like, I'm trying my absolute hardest. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And do you know so, what's so funny as well is I even think, even though I've gone through it, mm. when you and Glenn got married, I reckon I asked you. I think back to that and I'm like, how I've gone through that myself. Why am, is my natural instinct to be like, are you guys trying? And I knew in that moment, as soon as I've asked yeah. you, I'm like, why am I doing that? Yeah. And I think people don't do it. No, be, it's, it's not, not out of intended. No, definitely not. And I like we know that. I know that. You know that. It it's, still hurts. Though. Yeah, it still hurts. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we educate, it will become more understood. And that even a simple question can it can hurt. Yeah, a lot. Depend it also when where you're at. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. Yeah, and you that was obviously just... quite far down our fertility journey. Yeah. So we'll come, we'd come to a header. But even early on, like after getting married, honeymoon, oh, how was it? How would you guys go? And it's just, yeah. can we and just get married and enjoy our honeymoon? Yeah. Together? And you as well, I remember you being like, we're just going to give it a bit and be a married couple. Yeah. And I remember yeah. saying that too, yeah. knowing full well that I was just trying to like diffuse yeah. people from asking. You have to. Yeah. yeah. I get everyone is excited. Yeah. And that's exciting. I also want to say for some people... They do fall pregnant on the honeymoon. Yes. They do fall pregnant in yeah. a short period of time. That's fine. I definitely don't want people feeling guilty. No, for definitely that. not. That's so fine. Yeah. And that happens. Yeah. When you're going through the motions of trying to fall pregnant, you feel like everyone around you, it's happened so easily. Mm -hmm. I might have just got my period or we might have just come off the back of doing a bunch of tests yeah. and people would say something. And I think I learned to just shut it down really yeah. quickly and I actually think I 
got to a point where I just didn't even want to show that I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I thought you became just, numb to it. Yeah, I don't want to explain myself. Mm. I don't want it to be a big deal. I don't yeah. want people to feel sorry for me. But yeah, there were moments where people would say things like, just relax mm. or just... <sighs> Like, that's that's one. Ends up my goat. <laughs> I remember I was at a rugby game, like watching Josh play rugby, and one of his dad's friends came up. I actually don't even know who he is, but yeah. he was a part of the rugby club. This sticks out to me so much. Yeah. And he came up and he goes, "When are you going to give Freddie a grandchild?" Yeah, wow. And I was just in that moment. Oh my god! I yeah. don't even know who you are. Yeah, and it. I wish I said something. Yeah. I wish I made him feel as uncomfortable as he made me feel in yep. that moment. And horrible. I just welled up. I was like, that is so yeah. shit. And I think it is more the older generations mm. coming through because for them, there wasn't many of this infertility and things going on. Or it was just, it, there was, but it was just never spoken about. Yeah. And for them, it is get married, have babies. That's, that's our job. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. they just don't understand. Yeah. There's no education. There hasn't been any education for them around it. Yeah. It's so interesting. But yeah, for me, it was probably six months of just trying. I'm a very like proactive person as you yes. loves to get an answer. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I'm doing the Alexis hands from Shit's Creek like <laughs> literally so much. So... Well, I went and got a bunch of tests, like blood tests done. I didn't even know what tests I was getting, to be honest. Yeah. But they, I had a cyst on my ovaries as well. So yeah. I went to see someone about that. And then in that appointment, I was like, oh, my husband and I have been trying for about six months. Yeah. No, nothing's happening. And they were like, oh, you just don't really worry until it's about a year. No, but no, 12 months. Give it 12 months. Give it 12 months. He was like, oh, just get a bunch of tests done while we're at it. Josh went and got his sperm tested. Yeah. And he did that twice. The sperm can be different levels yeah. in different stages, also depending on how far between. Yeah. Masturbations. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> he would be dying. But he was so good. I think we were both on the same page of just wanting to. And I think he was trying to be supportive yeah. and do what he could. So he went and did that. And then it got to 12 months. Mm. He said the next point of call would be to do let resolve. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know you've done as well. Have I, I think it's used on cancer I googled patient. it and I was like, is this for real? Yeah. Like, am I actually taking this? Yeah. And he was or like, just ovulation. pick this for three months. Yeah. So we did that and nothing. I, as well, in that time, I feel like I fully self-sabotaged. We were obviously still really social and going out and there yeah. were weddings, engagement parties, like yeah. Rugby. It was the prime of our lives. It was prime time, man. <laughs> we were hitting that D floor. We <laughs> but I, one, was drinking so people wouldn't ask me if I was yeah. pregnant. But I would fully, like, I feel like I would almost write myself off. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I think I didn't even realise at the time, but I was trying to give there, I was trying to come up with a reason yeah. why I was happening. Yeah. And I felt... Because you had no answers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. And I felt like I would blame it on that. Yeah. That I was not looking after myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems so stupid. Yeah. Because you wanted that so much. Yeah. But then you were willing to be so unkind to your body. Yeah. And that's probably something I'm really thinking about, like, this time around. Yeah. Yeah. You would have so much guilt from that. 
Um, so, yeah, I do. I fully do. We got to a point where I just went back to the doctors and we didn't have the best experience with yeah, the specialist. Yeah, and that sucked because you have no idea. You don't know what to expect. You don't know if they're giving you the right advice. And you just expect that they're the professionals, right? Yeah. And they're going to do a good job for you. Man, how much have we learned about that? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Like we had the choice at that point to either explore whether I had endometriosis yeah. and do a laparoscopy mm. or go straight to IVF. He was like, do you want to do that? Because if you do and if you're riddled with endometriosis, you'll end up potentially having to do IVF anyway. Yeah. And I just said, no, stuff it. I just want to do IVF. Yeah. But this is something I didn't realise, but there's a, there's different types of IVF. Yeah. You can do... You can do IUI. Yeah, which is a light no, uterine I, injection. Yeah, that's... Insemination, true. sorry. So they put the semen inside the uterus. Yeah. Yeah, when you are ovulating. But because everything was normal, yeah. he was like, there's no reason to do that. Yeah. That's what he said at the time. Yeah. I don't know if everyone offers this, but we were going through IVF Australia. Yeah. And they said, you can do a thing called light IVF. Yeah. And that's where... You still do all the injections and all the meds and stuff, but instead of putting being put under general anaesthetic, you're just lightly sedated. Yeah. And then they just take out the eggs while you're awake. And he said it's cheaper and because you're young and there's no reason we were told it was infertility and explained. So I just said, let's do that. I'm cool with that. I didn't have a problem with needles or anything. We went to do the first round and COVID hit and so it got cancelled and every week and day is so just oh my god I just remember that feeling I know you're probably feeling that right now (laughs) but it's every day that goes past you're like I just want to get started yeah it just felt like another month was so gut-wrenching yeah and it feels so long it feels so long we didn't know when we'd be able to start again so that was devastating we're in COVID then And everything was uncertain then as well. So uncertain. Out of our control. Out of our bloody control. I know. (laughs) And we were living with my parents as well. That was tough. Yeah. Because my mum was trying to be so supportive and she didn't know what to say or do. And I just was so easily triggered and I was obviously raging with hormones and emotions. Yeah. And then we finally got a date. We picked up the medication. I was so excited. I felt like I've got a plan. And I've got control now. Yeah. And even though they told me that it might take a few rounds, in my head, I'm like, we're both healthy. It'll be one round. We'll be pregnant. It'll be epic. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just so keen. And even though they tell you, I'm like, yeah, but I'm an exception to the rule. Yeah. So we took the meds home. Like Josh was happy to do the injections. And I think that gave him like a role for Josh. He's not a super emotional person. Yeah. And he... Didn't want to talk to anyone about it. He wanted it to be private and I'm a bit of both. Yeah. For some people, it obviously could cause a lot of angst and stress and emotions in a relationship and absolutely I can see why. But for us, it actually brought us a bit closer. Yeah. In a lot of ways, we both really knew that's something that we wanted and we had to go through it together. Like we'd do our injections, we'd do it at exactly six o'clock at every night. Yeah. I think people get different 
types of medical. Not it everyone is, yeah. gets the same. No, it's a different protocol for everyone, which I didn't realise yeah. until obviously going through it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's depending on your situation, your level of hormones. Yeah. Depending on what is the reason for infertility. Yeah. And yeah. for us too, so because we chose to do the light cycle of IVF, it meant that they give you those injections where you grow your follicles. Yeah. But I couldn't grow too many because I was only being sedated. Yeah. I had to make sure that I only had a certain amount because otherwise it would be too dangerous and painful. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Yeah. To do it because I wasn't going under general anesthetic. So they started me on a really low dose and yeah. that was the injection every day to grow the follicles. Yeah. So normally in a normal cycle, you have all these follicles in your ovaries and every month one grows to a mature size. It yeah. pops. That's ovulating. Yeah. I won't say I was today years old when I learned that, but I was <laughs> like 26 when I learned yeah. that. Yeah. And then you ovulate. And that's why they say like you've got two ovaries. Yeah. And so you ovulate from either your left or your right yeah. a month. Yeah. And you never know which one. You never know which mm-hmm. one. Then you have a second injection that you introduce. You go back to the clinic. They do an internal ultrasound. Like, bloody hell, I was probed and poked and prodded so much with so many things that weren't a penis for such a long time and in conjunction with. (laughs) Such a shame. That sort of stuff I just became so numb to. Mm. Like, I didn't – but that stuff never really bothered me. Yeah, okay. I didn't mind. Not that I want to be probed. It made me feel like every appointment I went to I had control over something or I was one step closer. Yeah. So I really didn't mind that. I won't say I liked it, but I didn't mind it. We went back to the clinic and they checked and they were like, you've overstimulated. Yeah. So I had overreacted to all the medication I had so many follicles, which is not a bad thing, no. but for us, it was. The light cycle. They measure all the follicle sizes and they came back in the room and they're like, we're so sorry, but you can't go ahead with it. And I was couldn't believe it. I was just so gutted and I was obviously full of so many hormones. Yeah. And I had to go home and Josh gave me the trigger injection, which is what you would take to get ready to yes. have the retrieval. Yeah. And I just had to ride it out. And that sucked. I looked six months pregnant. I was so bloated. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God. And then like getting rid of all those those follicles were obviously like incredibly painful. Yeah. And that was it. And I noticed one through ovulation hurts. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah. And they do say, they say one bit of pain through ovulation, that's one egg. So that's one like your normal cycle. Yeah. Through IVF. If you get five eggs, that's five times the pain and five times the recovery. If it's 10 eggs, yeah. it's 10 times the pain, 10 times the recovery. And I think for so. the light cycle, you had to have 16 mature follicles. Yeah. And I think I had about 22 or something. Mm. And yeah, I just had to ride that out. So that sucked. And then you have to wait another month and have a regular cycle. And so that was another month. Two, like almost two months mm-hmm. by the that. time yeah then they lowered the dose and then we went in for another go did all the injections was this still the light cycle this is still the light cycle yeah. and went in and you stop dealing with the fertility specialist and then it's pretty much with the yeah. nurses because yeah. you've done everything that you need to do they were still in COVID we were still living with my parents and yeah went in it was fine they're like yeah we do the retrieval you go down we went down to North Sydney and that's when Josh has to give his sperm and yep. they do the retrieval. The fun part. The fun part. 
<laughs> Do you know what I reckon is so funny? He was so nervous yeah. about having to perform. I was in the waiting room. He went in and did what he had to do and he was just like... And we all know what he was doing. We know what he was doing and everyone in that critic yeah. knew what he was doing. It's so... Because he was so nervous that he wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. And then he came out within two minutes and the smug look on his face, he was like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. And that was like the one part that he was going like, to kill me for saying this. He's just, yeah, knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So good. I've and got you, babe. Yeah, got you. You got this idea. Yeah. I took one for the team. So he was in and out. And then they call you up and you go down and you, oh, man. I know I've said this to you, but out of the whole thing, this mm. part was the worst part for me yeah. because you realise very quickly it is a lot of money. Yeah. They take you downstairs into this room and it's obviously like a ward, but not even. There's no beds. All the women are sitting in chairs. It made me feel like if anyone's watched Handmaid's Tale, yeah. that's how it felt for me. Yeah. And like the second I walked down there, you sit down in this chair and you realise as well that it's just another day in the office. Yeah, that's it. It's business for first it and is. foremost. And I understand that to an extent. Yeah. But like you have the doctor come over yeah. and he introduces you, you're sitting on a chair, you get naked, you're in a mm. gown, you're just sitting there. They give you a cup full of sedation pills yeah. and the stuff that relaxes your ovaries and all of that. Yeah. You have the doctor come over, you have the scientist. Are they the soften your cervix tablets? Yeah. Oh. That's yeah. weird. We've done that for the, for is that the wafer? Proscopy? Yeah. No, I had tablets and it was bad. I had to stick them where the sun don't shine. Oh, did you? Yeah. Actually. And it was honestly... The most painful two hours of my life. Was it? Yeah, waiting for the operation. I just remember sitting there watching TV, just keeled over. I don't remember yeah, that. I cool. wonder if that's because that's it, because of your the severity of your endo. Maybe. God, we've got so much to yeah. <laughs> I also remember having to put this cream up. I think that was after the retrieval. Yeah. Funny how at the moment every yeah. day was so important, but I look back now and it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. I just look over and I see all these women that have either they're lining up for their turn or they've just come out. And it's a quick process. Yeah. It's 15 minutes in and out, which crazy. is crazy. Then they just come and get you and they just walk you. I remember the nurse standing next to me. I feel like in that profession, you should have compassionate people. 100%. If that is the environment that you are in. Yeah. Like, I think that should be a part of the interview process. Yeah. I'm a pretty cruisy person. Mm. I understand. I get it. That's their job. Yeah. But this chick, she was like, you can have some gas if you want. And I'm going, should I? I won't. Like, I'm like, do I? Like, is this a thing? Is, is it going to be painful? Yeah. Like, how painful is yeah. it going to be? You've obviously been here before, Dals, but I have like... Yeah. And she was like, up to you. And the room, it felt like there was 15 people in the room. Yeah. So you've got the doctor who's doing it. You've got two scientists because obviously they take the egg yeah, yeah, straight away. I don't know. Josh's sperm got, gets wheeled in at one point. Mm. I don't know where that came from. Just swimming in. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> when, you guys, when you guys... It just all happened so quickly. Mm. They just start going and it is so painful yeah they actually go through i didn't realize this but they go up the cervix into the uterus poke a hole through the uterus fire out man grab the eggs and then bring them back through one by one i couldn't believe that i just i don't actually know what i thought how they would get up and so even though you're sedated and you're whatever 
I could see it all happening on the screen and it was all, it was a really quick process, but it was dehumanizing. Yeah. I felt like a number. Yeah. I felt like I, mean, I was. such a vulnerable position. So vulnerable. And emotional. And then they finish and they're like, okay, get off the bed. Yeah. And you just get off the metal bed and you just waddle back to the chair that you were 10 minutes ago. There. And you sit in there and they're like, cool, you get the numbers on your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the bit of tape yeah and I just had 13 on my hand so they collected 13 yeah and that was epic which is a good number isn't it that's a great number yeah yeah but then from there yeah you go back and then 10 minutes later they're like you can get your husband to pick you up and fire up old mate McGlynn's just cheering in the car with his performance (laughs) and I just got in the car and I was just like wow I don't that just happened yeah yeah then you've got the scientist that calls you so overnight so then they mix it on the dish and they just go, good luck, kids. So they call you that afternoon to let you know. On the same day of the procedure. I think. Or, yeah, well, yeah. Or the following morning. Yeah. It's funny, at the time, I was like hanging by the phone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you would be. And then by the next day, five had developed, like yep. one day. And they have to let it develop for five days so that yeah. you get like an embryo at the end. Yeah, to the blastocyst. To the blastocyst. I'm yeah. going to have to ask you to educate me <laughs> on this part. But basically every day they give you an update and yeah. each day like one would drop off. Yeah. I think I actually had seven. Yeah. The first day. Yeah. Like half are expected to disappear. Yes, which is pretty good. Statistically speaking. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. We just Having wrapped ourselves in for the ride. Yeah. Then after the five days, you then go back for... The transfer. Yeah. How was that during those days, like you getting the call saying, hey, this is how many eggs have survived? I don't know. The first few days I was hanging for that first phone call. Yeah. And then the five days went so slow. Yeah. But we drove back down to Sydney and then you go into the room. Yeah. But like you go into a room before the room. Yeah. We had to put like head to toe, like scrubs and like the little covers on our Oh, wow. I had to get my driver's license out. Just quarantine situation. It was a quarantine situation. Yeah. And then Josh obviously came in and they show my ID. At that point, we had one fresh yeah. and we had one frozen yeah. that could freeze. So I went through that and then they transferred the fresh one. And then they're like, off your trot, you're in the car and you're just driving home. And you're like, wow, like I'm just seeing what happens. Have a baby and you went in without a baby. No, you've come out without come a baby. out without a baby. So. You've got a five-day embryo, which is like 16 cells. Yeah. They zoom in and they show you it. So we didn't take a photo of that one, which is crazy. And then went home that two weeks is just forever and a day. You're Googling all the stupidest things to do. Yeah. The whole. I think the waiting process. There's so much. During IVF, there is so much waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And I really thought that once we decided, okay, let's go get some help, that it would be like a month and we'd be onto it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like six months. Yeah. By the time we got to that point, it was Mm -hmm. like coming up to two years. Yeah. Trying. So it was hectic. And then, yeah, we went in for a blood test at yeah. Gosford and then they call you that afternoon. Josh and I were still living with my parents. We booked a room at the Crown at Terrigal. Yeah. We, like, stayed there for the night. And I was with our girlfriend, Loza, actually, because mm. Josh had to go to work. I was working from home or I had the day off. I remember we were laying by the pool and they called and they were like, we don't know. We can't tell your, like, what are the HG levels, HG levels yeah. have risen, but they've dropped. Yeah. We don't know. And I was like, so Josh and I had booked dinner that night to yeah. go out and celebrate. Yeah. Which is so stupid. 
No, it's not. And I called Josh and he was like, okay, so it's not a yes, but it's not a no. And I was like, yeah, like this is, this feels worse than not knowing. Yeah, I know. That's confusing. Yeah. And then confusing. went back and had another blood test the next day and then they were like, yeah, we're really sorry. It didn't work. And mm. I don't know. I actually don't think I really, I was devo, but I wasn't, I don't know. I was so numb. Yeah. Yep. I just thought, oh. Where it's been snow for so long. Yeah. This is another no. Yeah. So I, at that point, like I really thought that I would just want to do anything and everything as quickly as possible just to fall pregnant. But after that, I was like, I need a break. Yeah. We told so many people we were doing it. That's right. Yeah. And we had to tell all of them that it didn't work. Yeah. And I did not want any sympathy. No. Even though that's just what people wanted to give. Yeah. I would want to give that to any of my friends. Definitely. Yeah. I just didn't want that. And so I just said, let's just have a break. Yeah. We left it for a few months and then it got to December and we had one frozen embryo. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I still remember this. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. So we didn't tell anyone. We had our girls annual Christmas. And the next day I was going down for the transfer. So you only have your trigger shot that time. And I think my trigger injection was like one o'clock in the morning or something. We had our girls annual the night before I was driving, went home. The only person I told at that point was Loza, our girlfriend Loz. Because of the timing, we were going to find out on New Year's Eve if I, if it worked or it didn't. And stupidly, we'd invited everyone out yeah. to my parents' property. <laughs> so I told her because I was like, I need you to help me if it's a yes or if it's a no. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Need some support. Need some support. We went down. It it unfroze. I'm like, she unfroze. <laughs> and it, they zoomed in. We took a photo of the embryo that time and went home. And the guy was like, yeah, I'm going to play golf after this. Like the fertility social. He's I've done this 2,000 times, just so you know. Thank God. <laughs> so we went home and I just didn't know what to expect. And then on New Year's, Loz came later that afternoon and I said to her, if I come out with a shot yeah. for you, yeah. then you know that it's a yes. Yeah. But if I come over to the car and I don't have anything, yeah. you know what you need to do. Sort yeah. of thing. I still remember getting the phone call and Josh and I ran around to the front of the property. Yeah. My parents live on 100 acres and we ran around and she said, you're pregnant. Like, oh my God. I think back, I'm like, wow. And then... Yeah, I don't think it really sunk in. Do you just feel like all the weight was lifted off your shoulders? Yes and no, because I also felt, oh, like I'm two weeks pregnant, not even. Yeah. And so much can happen between now and then. Totally. Your brain then just flicks to that, doesn't it? Yeah. And I went, I have just had no for so long. Yeah. We've still got nine months to go. Anything could happen. I remember telling you guys. Yep. So you and the race. I was like, surely they've caught on. No way. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I think like, by that stage I knew you had the transfer. Yeah, okay. I think I knew that you were, had gone down. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I'm such a, just such an open book as well. Yeah. It's hard for me not to say anything. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm hiding anything from them. But yeah, you and Dre were out at the, we were at the beery. I wanted to tell people, but I didn't want it to be a big deal. But then I did and I don't know, it was a weird time. But anyway. All that to say, now have the most amazing daughter ever, Eloise. Incredible. She's a total legend. So scrummy. She's an absolute legend. Now I look back and that's such a blimp in time. Yeah. It's so interesting. Isn't it? It's funny how life just 
throws these curveballs. Yeah. But in that time, and I can fully empathize with what you're going through right now, it felt like an eternity. Yeah. Oh, it does. So, and we like we know people that have gone through some really, really sad. Yeah have different experiences and it's been so awful and yeah it's just everyone's is so different and no one can tell you how to feel no and sometimes you want advice yeah sometimes you want support and sometimes you want people to just be like shut up you don't know what you're talking about even though they do yeah yeah and that's me that's where I'm at but I guess now that she's older yeah now I'm going through it all again yeah How about oh, that, eh? How about it? You'd think you'd just be like, cut some slack. Yeah. Ellie's nearly 20. She's 20 months. It's crazy to think that I have a photo of her as a 16 seller yeah, as well. That's and incredible. She's just alleged. We found out what we were having. And yeah, it's just been the most life-changing thing. But now, yeah, we're back here again. Josh and I have been trying for over a year. Yeah. And you still don't have answers, do you, no. as to why you can't fall pregnant? No, really? no idea. We said let's just try yeah. early because of what happened last Yeah, you just don't know. So we started around your wedding, Yeah, which was April last yeah, year. But even then, I think I was off the pill from January. Mm. We properly started trying again. And in that time, I've had a colonoscopy, yeah. lol. <laughs> Love that for us. So fun. So fun. You've just come off the back of one Literally as well. Just. just come off the back of one. No and pun intended no. there. <laughs> so we did that. I started seeing a specialist like November last year. Yeah. Some things changed for me after having Ellie. One mm. periods became a bit out of sync. Yeah. I started getting weird pains during ovulation. Yeah. I think I'm a lot more in tune with my body now, but yep. definitely... It's a pretty incredible thing. Our bodies are amazing. Mm. You know, but done everything again, done the tracking, done the ovulation kits. I think I'm a lot more laid back about it this time. I just feel like ovulation is an illusion. It is. Yeah. It's an illusion. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Especially. I'm a non-believer. Yeah. Especially (laughs) after what you've gone through. Do we though? But yeah, like I think my headspace about it is so much and so much better. And even sometimes I go, am I ready to do this again? Yeah. Because in. I think for me, I know, I think a fear was knowing whether we could or we couldn't. Definitely. I can see why that is so soul destroying for the first time around because you're like, what if I can't have kids? Yeah. Now that we've got Ellie and I know my body is capable of it. doing it. Then I'm like, oh, it's cool. We've got time. Yeah. And I think back, why did I put so much pressure on myself? We were still really young. It's something you wanted. It is. And you want something that's, you do, whether it's, purposefully or not purposefully you yeah. pressure on yourself so true yeah it is so true but yeah we I don't know we're just down this rabbit hole again I'm pretty cool I feel pretty good and Josh is great yeah he's just like <laughs> made of concrete sometimes yeah I love you Josh if you're listening to me <laughs> um, it's good actually it is good because he he's a good egg. he makes things like he holds enough space yeah but he certainly if he was curled up in a ball, super emotional, he really kept me like on the straight, on the straight and narrow. Yeah, which that's I, what they do best. They do that best. Yeah. I know. I'm sure. Annoyingly, sometimes. But other times, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a double edged sword. It is. <laughs> but yeah, I had a laparoscopy in February. Yep. And welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> How many runs have you got on the table? Two. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting because I went in and I was like talking to them, my specialist beforehand. And I was like, 
I'm scared you're not going to find anything. Yeah. Because That's worse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't really find anything. Mm. Like I had a blocked tube, which yep. would be from spasming. Yeah. She found a tiny yep. bit of scar tissue. Yeah. No well, that sun. could also be blocking your tube as well. True. Yeah. But she's like, but technically your other one's not blocked. Yeah. And so statistically it shouldn't yes. increase your chances in fertility. She, yeah, and the colonoscopy as well, fine. They found a few polyps. Your body is a bloody just minefield. Yeah. Like I had my follow-up appointment with her a few months ago and she's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I actually don't know what I want to yeah. do. And so. You've given me no answers to work off. I'm like, yeah, doll, like where do we go from here? Yeah. I got prescribed letrozole again. Yeah. I actually said to her, should I try that again? And that was like. Chestnut, eh? Yeah. So <laughs> I actually started taking it this week. Yeah. How do you feel? I actually feel fine. That's good. So yeah, I'm on day two of that. I've got to yep. do that for three months and then I've yep. got a scheduled another appointment with her. Yeah. But then I'm also thinking, Josh and I were even just talking about this last night. Do we actually just try and be a bit holistic? And I know that's something you and Glenn did before you mm. got to this point. And yep. I'm thinking, mm. do I just really go down the holistic path of us yep. trying to look cleanse our bodies and I was doing acupuncture with yeah. Zoe who you've yeah. gone and seen as well I'm like do I really just give myself a chance because my mentality around it it feels different this time so I just go let's do that but I think yeah. Josh if yeah, I would have time now we have before time. you didn't think you had but then you still you have that thing of people going so when are you gonna have a second baby yeah our neighbor yeah. across the road shut up everybody I know our neighbor across the road who his name is John but I call him Joan <laughs> Because he has of an course. accent. His name is Joan. And Jean he Bach. said, yeah, Jean Bach. <laughs> he goes to me the other day, when are you guys having another baby? Yeah, wow. Well. I'm like, he's like, you don't want to leave it too long. But oh, you're yeah, joking. Like, the unsolicited advice. I know. I'm like, brother, you and I have spoken <laughs> a handful of times. I watch you mow your lawn, mate. Literally. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And obviously we want to have another baby. But yeah, who yeah. is he to say when you should have a baby, another one? Anyway. So that's where we're at. Like mm. I, we will have another baby. I feel okay with that, but it's just, yeah. It's, and I don't want people feeling sorry for us. Yeah. We've got a beautiful baby. Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's You just want to do your thing? I just want to do my thing. Yeah. Who knows? Journey, man. We'll come back for season two and we'll just give like yeah, a update. Yeah, date. <laughs> I've talked the back legs off a donkey enough. Thanks for listening to another episode of Yeah, The Gals. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe or follow us on Instagram at Yeah The Gals Podcast. And remember, gals, you bloody got this.